Happy Friday, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Optimal Take as we head into week five of the NFL. A little bit of an interesting Thursday night game that we just had. Chris, what did you think of last night's game? I thought it was pretty slow and pretty boring and just a lot of weird play calls. Yeah, it didn't really live up to the expectation that I had coming into it. Um, I thought the Rams would win, but Seattle would be in trailing mode. And I built a lot of my DFS lineups around that. And it was frustrating because I cashed. But uh, without Russ Wilson at the captain getting hurt, it wasn't too good for me to win the tournament. I finished in like fourth place or something like that. But I was thinking about it because the reports, did you see how many weeks that they're saying he could be out for? I know you checked over the injury report. I didn't. I know that I saw that they were actually it sounded like they were pretty concerned with his uh, – I forget which finger what is it. Was it his mid- middle finger? Yeah, middle finger. Yeah, I saw they were concerned, but I did not see any actual timetable yet. Did you? Yeah, I think there's a few different options. They said he might miss six to, six to eight weeks. Wow. Or he might try to put a pin in it and try to play with it. So then I was thinking to myself, if he did miss six to eight weeks, that might have been the last game that we ever saw him as a Seahawk. Because I know last year he wanted to get traded out of there because his of you know relationship with Pete Carroll. So that might be something to monitor. But other than that, a little frustrated with uh, Henderson's usage. They gave him off that drive and then Sonny Michael scored. Robert Woods is back. He had a really good game. The Cup's amazing. And that's all I really got to say about that game last night. Rather move forward to Sunday slate. Yeah, Sunday's very unexciting 1 p.m. slate starts off in London with the Jets and the Falcons. 45 is the over-under, spread is 2.5, favoring the Falcons that have so, so many issues. Calvin Ridley is out of that game. He did not fly with the Falcons to London. uh, I believe it was a personal issue or of some sort that he had to deal with. So he will not be in that game, and I, this game is garbage for me. <laughs> uh, the game's actually at 9.30 a.m. It's in London, so if you're a huge Jets fan, you may want to set your alarm. I probably will be watching it, but I would think that the Jets are going to be a good buy here. I like them before those guys were ruled out. I thought that the Jets' D was a sneaky play. I like Corey Davis, Zach Wilson to continue the streak. Everybody thought I was crazy last week when I told them that the Jets were going to win. I think that we keep up momentum here. Um, I think Michael Carter is a good buy-low candidate for season long because the Jets have a buy next week. And usually after buys, rookies start getting uh, involved more with the team. Uh, I think also that Elijah Moore is a good buy as well. Crowder is a good play for DFS for single game showdowns and whatnot. As far as Atlanta goes, they're moving Patterson to wide receiver. I know a lot of people are going to be excited about that. But if Ridley's not getting it done, how's Patterson going to get it done? I think the Pitts breakout week, I would probably take his prop over receptions. I believe it's at four and a half. Maybe he finally scores a touchdown. The Jets are one of the worst teams in tight end coverage in the NFL. And that's pretty much it. What do you got for this game? Yeah, just the injuries on the Falcons side of the ball. I mean, they don't have Calvin Ridley. Russell Gage was DNP this week again, so he's not going to help them out. Um, I would, I, I do like Kyle Pitts. I liked him every week, though. <laughs> every week he's disappointed me, but we'll see if this is the week that he can finally bring it home because I invested a lot of draft capital in him, and so far it has not paid off. 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, with Gage and Ridley being out, that's over 50 targets available. The offensive line is not great. Jets' defense could get a bunch of sacks in this game. And that's pretty much much it on my end for that game. That game's not that attractive to me. All right, moving on to another game that I feel like could be a sneaky upset. The Packers at the Bengals, 1 o'clock here. Lots of injuries on both sides of the ball here for both the Packers and the Bengals. Um, specifically, I think that the Packers are not doing very well with their defense um, with regards to injuries. So that's going to hurt them a little bit. But I do know that the Bengals also have quite a few injuries that are going to hurt them too. Yeah, this definitely looks like a game, unlike the previous one, to attack for DFS. It seems like Jair Alexander has already been ruled out and Kevin King. So the Bengals have a bunch of wide receivers that they're going to be throwing the ball to. And Mixon, they're going to make a determination upon his status by Saturday. I know originally it was reported that he was ruled out. But if he is, then pick up P. Ryan or Evans, who's the pass catching back, depending on how you think that the game script goes. As far as this game goes, this spread is really weird. Don't you think three points is very odd to you? Yeah, I think that they're putting... I feel like I would take the Bengals plus three, and I know that's kind of crazy talk here, but I think that the Packers are kind of in this weird, vulnerable state. Like people are expecting a lot more out of them than what they're getting, and they're kind of what's the word here I'm looking for? They're kind of regressing from last year a little bit just because of the impressive, you know, show that they put on last year. I feel like the expectations were a lot higher for them going into this year than what they've been performing. No, definitely. And I think, too, that this might be the uh, one of the upsets of the week. It's definitely possible. It's hard for me to bet against Aaron Rodgers and mm-hmm. um, Devontae Adams. I know Aaron Jones was a little slowed up with injuries. We saw a lot more A.J. Dillon last week. But if this is a more competitive game, he should be involved. Randall Cobb was very frustrating seeing him score all those touchdowns last week. That was annoying. But uh, Robert Tanyan could possibly bounce back here. Azuma on Thursday night two weeks ago was awesome. Plus, they get Higgins back for the Bengals. I think a lot of people will probably take Packers' money line, and then the Bengals could end up winning the game, and that's how they get you. But this is definitely an interesting game for DFS. I would stack it in all sorts of ways, especially in the 1 p.m. only tournaments. Um, The only problem with this game is that both teams play very slow. So it could be similar to the – uh, Vikings versus Cleveland Browns game, whereas a guy like Tyler Boyd could eat them up over the middle of the field and they just move slow and slow and there's not a lot of pass volume. That's the only downside of this game. But if the Packers fall behind and Aaron Rodgers is forced to throw, then you're talking very low ownership and you know that the Devontae Adams stack is in play with the, the Bengals bring back. So it's an interesting game. Yes. All right. Well, moving on to... Not an interesting game for many perspectives here, Patriots at the Texans. I'm finally happy that I can have a team whose defense is playing against the Texans because I'm hoping for a nice win like last week with the Bills defense against the Texans. I think they put up like 20 points or something, something absurd in uh, fantasy leagues, but I'm excited about this because I have the Patriots D in one of my leagues, but there's really not much to do here. We can kind of wrap it up quickly with this game, but what are your thoughts here? 
Yeah, I only have like three things to say about this game. Number one, keep an eye out on the Patriots offensive line. I believe four out of the mm-hmm. five starters are yep. injured right now. So that's kind of important to know. Um, the Texans are giving up about 6.5 yards per carry. So if they are in, I expect Damian Harris, this is one of his type of games that he'll get in the end zone. The Patriots also are passing at a very high rate. So it could be a Jacoby Myers scores a touchdown first time in the NFL type game. Uh, Nelson Aguilar is also interesting or possibly one of the tight ends. And on the other side, the Texans are getting not much love at the window in Vegas, but the spread is going down, which indicates to me that they're probably not going to play the offensive lineman and they could cover necessarily, but I'm not really sure how to approach that in DFS. Maybe Brandon Cooks gets like a backdoor cover and the Patriots kick a lot of field goals. Overall sloppy game. Brandon Cooks is getting about 45% of target share. And um, that's pretty much it on my end. I don't really love this game that much. There's not a lot to talk about it. Well, you know, I just realized that I done goofed very, very badly last night. We were talking about, do I play Collins or Sermon? And I forgot that I had Damian Harris on my bench. Yikes. And that was my flex. Maybe maybe it's an act of God. Maybe they're uh, not going. Maybe he gets injured or something. I don't know. I'm I'm pretty screwed here. Uh, Well, I can't sit Aaron Jones or quite Edward Delaire. I mean, maybe, but I I feel like I can't sit them for Damian Harris, even though maybe. I don't know. That'll be a decision I make on Sunday morning. But I was just checking that as as we were talking. And I was like, tell me that I have Damian Harris on my bench right now. (laughs) And I do. Yeah. He could he could explode uh, and have a huge game, but I doubt it. You're yeah, looking for touchdown right. or bust out of him. Yeah. All right. Moving on. We got the Broncos at the Steelers. I did see a report that Teddy Bridgewater is leaning towards playing in this game, which would be huge for the Broncos. I can see a situation where the Broncos could beat the Steelers if Teddy does play. Uh, another gross game at 1 p.m. They really uh, yeah. to us. The game's in Pittsburgh. It's hard to back Big Ben right now. It reminds me of an Eli Manning situation where the team's holding on because of sentimental value. He's hurt himself. I believe Chase Claypool is coming back. The defense on both teams is going to go at it, so it should be a defensive slugfest. Total's very low. Uh, Melvin Gordon, I believe, returned to practice. And Javante Williams, they're in a split. Uh, Sutton and who else? Noah Font is a good start in this game as well. On the Pittsburgh side, they're just throwing a lot. I could see a lot of sacks, turnovers in this game. If it is Drew Locke starting, you might want to start up your Pittsburgh defense. But I don't really expect um, a ton of fantasy production out of this game. Yeah, for what it's worth, Big Ben did practice in full. And the over-under on this game projected, at least, is the lowest, I believe, that we've seen so far this year. At, it's at 39 and a half. I haven't seen a number in the 30s for a total yet. Yeah, so, crazy. yeah, well, we'll see. I'm excited that Claypool's back, even though Big Ben is likely going to play here. So I'm hoping for – I'm just hoping for my starters to return this week. I had four guys out last week, so last Rough. week was disgusting. But – Yeah. All right. Well, we can move on here to the Titans at the Jaguars, which also initially this game, I don't know how to approach it because of all the craziness that's going on right now in the Jaguars locker room. I'm sure you all have heard of the drama that's going on with Urban Meyer and how 
I'm sure that this is affecting players on a mental uh, level as well. So there's just a lot of weird things that are going on right now with the Jaguars locker room. On top of that, the Titans have had all of their injuries to the good news. We were just talking before we started here. AJ Brown practiced in full this week, so he is good to go for Sunday, but still some question marks, I believe, about Julio Jones. I know that he usually does not practice and still plays, but I do know that he has an injury, so something to monitor there. Derrick Henry's on the report, too, didn't practice this week. So lots of weird things going down here. Yeah, I think that the Jaguars could cover this game. Tennessee is awful on the road when I grade them out. I think from a DFS perspective, well, actually, let me comment about what you said first about the players. I don't think the players is going to affect them that much about Urban Meyer. They're professionals and millionaires. I don't think it matters to them, really. I don't think it's going to really affect them. And I think that that's why I like the Jaguars to cover the four and a half, because everyone's going to have that same approach. But the Titans are kind of a disappointing team. That's why I went against them last week when they were missing all those guys. From a DFS perspective, Derrick Henry's expensive. So to use as a leverage point, I would probably play James Robinson teamed up with A.J. Brown combined if they fall behind and Tannehill, Tannehill has to throw because they really don't have any other weapons besides A.J. Brown. But we've been chasing that for weeks and we've seen how that has gone. On the mm-hmm. other side, Trevor Lawrence makes for an interesting stack with Derrick Henry if he goes off because he always kills the Jaguars. He averages like 100 million yards against them every time he plays against them. And then you could play. You mean LaVishka. the Titans? Yes, I'm sorry. I apologize. LaVishka Chenault and also Marvin Jones are great bringbacks with Henry in that regard as well. Yeah, it's rough. Thankfully, the Jaguars don't have a lot of injuries on their side of the ball. I believe um, Carlos Hyde was the only one or one of the only important ones, I should say, that was injured on the offensive side of the ball. But I I don't know. I feel like there is a mental component there, especially for some of the rookies. Oh, no, no. I I understand what you're saying. You're 100% right in that regard. Most most people want to have leadership that's not staying away from the team. But it's been that problem since the beginning. That's that's why we've we've had that. If you want to take a different approach, what's the total of this game? The total is sitting at 49. It's probably been bet up too, right? I believe it's been bet up. And I think that, ironically, there's money coming in on the Titans to cover the spread because I believe it was sitting at four. Now it's sitting at four and a half. So, Yeah, but no, nobody's betting on the Jaguars. No one. They're all going to have yeah. the same approach that, that what you said. And it's hard to get past that. But just with all the money coming in on the Titans, the spread has only gone up half a point. And that was today. And most of the people have been on the Titans all week, even before the A.J. Brown news. It's just yeah. they probably win by a field goal. That would be my prediction. And I think there'll be other upsets throughout the week. But this is an interesting game. I mean, at the end of the day, it's probably not something that you really want to bet on. I mean, it's the Jaguars, for God's sakes. Their coaches. Yeah. Injured. But he's going to empty out the table, too, on the other perspective, because you said, which many people have the same opinion that, you know, all the turmoil in the locker room, he's going to. If he wants to keep his job, he's going to have to present an excellent game plan this week. He's going to have to throw crazy plays out there. Can they stop him? Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown? I don't know. But I think that they have enough manpower to keep it close. 
Yeah, and I mean, they were able to play a close game with the Bengals, and I know they lost, but still they were able to keep up. And for what it's worth, the Bengals and the Titans really are not that far off from each other. I know the Titans are arguably – I don't even know if you – what do you think? Do you think that the Titans are much better than the Bengals? Everybody – you're not – you know, it's tough. It's NFL. It's a small sample size. We think we know so much about these teams. It's only been four weeks, and yet the season's a quarter of the way done. So it's what have you done for me lately? Teams aren't as bad as they look and they're not as good as they look. But if I had a grade, I would say right now the Bengals are playing a little bit better than the Titans. The Titans will let us down. But the key thing about the Titans is if you look back, why I don't like them is they play much worse on the road. You know? Yeah. All right, let's move on here. We have the Eagles at the Panthers. Christian McCaffrey may play, but I think this is going to be a rough game for him if he know that the Cowboys were able to run all over the Eagles but I don't know something something tells me that the Eagles run defense is not quite that bad and we were talking about whether we should play Miles Sanders or Kenny Gainwell here and the Panthers run defense is good so might not be the greatest option but there's not many injuries for both of these teams but I knew I do know that the Eagles had a lot of season-ending injuries on their offensive line and I believe their defensive line too. On the Eagles, did you see in the injury report if Darius Slay was playing or not? I know he didn't practice yesterday. He did not practice, but I did not see any kind of confirmation of whether he's in or out. Um, Quez Watkins was also on the report, but practiced in full. Jason Kelsey practiced in full. Lane Johnson, DNP. Okay, those are the that was the other two questions I was going to ask because mm-hmm. the Eagles have a really strong O line, but they've been missing them over the past two weeks. If Darius yeah. Slay doesn't go, then DJ Moore is going to eat. I kind of like the Panthers in this spot. Um, I know that they kind of got torched by Dak Prescott last week after people were saying how good that their defense was, but we'll we'll see. Jalen Hurts is an underdog. If they're trailing, I would definitely get some exposure to Gainwell. I'm waiting on that big Devonte Smith week. I definitely would target the tight ends here. Which one? I haven't figured that out yet, but Carolina's not it that great. It seems like it's Goddard. Yeah. It's just whatever fits your lineup construction. I know Ertz is a little cheaper, and he's been targeted recently. And on the, the other side, I wonder if Robbie Anderson eventually has a breakout week. It, it has to come sooner or later. I, I don't know. It's very odd. Do you but, think I'm sure McCaffrey's going to play this week? Uh, yes, and I would definitely play him. I think that CMC at low ownership is the best thing in DFS. Last year, well, would you play him in the, season long? In season long, yes, I would. Christian McCaffrey at seventy five percent is better than Michael Carter. No, yeah. The only injury concern guy, which we'll get to later, that I would be a little worried about at one o'clock is uh, Dalvin Cook. If Mixon mm-hmm. goes, I would give him a shot as my flex, and I'll explain reasons why about Dalvin Cook. But CMC, it's. No matter what the game script is, he's going to get you points. He's a freak. Yeah. Well, we'll go to Dalvin Cook now with the Lions at the Vikings here. Playing in a dome. Could be a high-scoring game. Probably not because it's the Lions and the Vikings. But the Lions do have some injuries uh, to their running back room. Both DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams were limited this week. And 
I was a little concerned last week because Jamal Williams actually outsnapped DeAndre Swift, but that could have been because of injury issues there. TJ Hawkinson also was limited in practice this week, so that's something to keep an eye on. The Vikings, again, as you mentioned about Dalvin Cook, he was DNP this week. Aside from that, not a whole lot of injuries, um, at least important injuries, I should say, for the Vikings. Yes, good news for the Vikings on their defense. I believe Michael Pierce, if you still have the injury log uh, yep. pulled up, and Anthony Barr returning, that's huge for their defense, especially because what do we always say about the Lions? What is the strength of the team, would you say? If, if you don't remember off the top of your head, it's okay too. But For the Lions or for the Vikings? Lions. I feel like they're uh, – I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to let you answer it. I'll answer it. Offensive line for the, the Lions is probably the strength well, of the of team. Well, of course, because they got, what was his name? Panay Sewell. Correct. And he's probably out this week. And they're also missing two out of two other starting offensive linemen. So they're going to be down three out of five starting offensive linemen. And you're going into Minnesota with Jared Goff as your quarterback. Not the best thing in the world, especially with Hawkinson probably not playing. That's why I'm a little worried about Dalvin Cook. They're 10-point favorites. Nobody in the world is going to see them after seeing how they played last week. But they're probably going to win, and they're probably going to win by a lot. Very good week to fire up Alexander Madison if they decide to rest Dalvin Cook, especially with this defense coming back. And the defense, if they're available on your regular season-long league, fire them up. They're good tournament plays. And they could attack the Lions, too, if the Lions put up a fight with Jefferson or Thielen or Conklin, a bunch of different ways. But I don't really like the Lions on this side. I think that we're finding out who the real Lions are after a hot start to the beginning of the year. Yeah, what do you think about Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift in that situation there? Do you think that it was an injury concern last week that he did outsnap him? Or do you think that Jamal Williams is the better back? I think they said they went with a hot hand approach. I think that the game got out of hand and Swift is a little banged up right now. And then he just kind of got hot at the right time. It's a very weird situation. That's why we weren't too high on Swift on, on this podcast over the summer because of you're going to need an injury for one of them to become the one A. But Swift has more upside because what his talent is really electric when he gets the ball in his hands. Yeah, his issues again, just the all the injuries and things that have racked up over time. All right, moving on. We got the Dolphins at the Bucks. The poor Dolphins don't have Tua again. And they just, I believe it was last week that they played the Colts and they looked rough. Right. Originally coming into the week, I thought that 10 points was too much, especially after such a big game for Tom Brady but then I realized that he was at home and I really dug into the offensive line and defensive line matchups and this is brutal the Dolphins offensive line is really really bad the Bucks defensive line could really blow up this game so if you have Bucks defense feel confident in firing them up I think Leonard Fournette's price tag in DFS will make him one of the most popular plays of the week if you want leverage, just check out if Geo's going to play or not, or Ronald Jones. They could be sneaky if they go through the route of the run. But the Bucs have been passing so much. 72% of their plays are passes. Cameron Braid is intriguing. Antonio Brown. I think Evans will have a hard matchup, so I'll probably go to Chris Godwin here. On the other side, it looks like Devontae Parker pulled his hamstring, and they're already missing Will Fuller. 
very cheap bringbacks for DFS. I wouldn't touch any of the running backs. I think they stink. Um, Gasecki and Malcolm Brown, unless they catch a screen and take it to the house, I doubt it. Gasecki's very cheap and has uh, low ownership. And I think this could be a huge game for Jalen Waddle in comeback mode as Jacoby Bursett tries to get rid of the ball quickly as he to avoid the pass rush. So he could be an interesting play here. But otherwise, I think the bo- the Bucks could dominate this game in any which fashion. It's just how you approach it. Defensive, running backs, wide receivers. What do you think? I feel like for what it's worth that – Jalen Waddle has great value, not just because of the fact that Devontae Parker and Will Fuller are injured, but look at their the Bucks cornerbacks. Who do they have? I mean, Carlton Davis yeah. is injured, DNP. Jamel Dean is injured, limited in practice. On top of that, uh, JPP also was limited in practice. Winfield is DNP this week. Look at all their injuries on defense. I feel like this is a team that you can pass on. It's just, it's unfortunate that, you know, the Dolphins don't have anyone to really pass with with all of their injuries to their wide receivers. I feel like this would have been a little bit of a different game and the spread would have been a little bit closer here if you did have a guy like Devontae Parker and Will Fuller in this game. Exactly. And that's why I came, as I started off saying, I came into the week thinking that, all right, I like the Dolphins at plus 10. That's a lot of points. It's a divisional game. But then the more you break it down, it's I don't know if they have the, the firepower to keep up with them. I think you just had a brain fart. It's not a divisional game. Tom oh, Brady my... doesn't play for the Patriots anymore. <laughs> <laughs> they, I don't know. I'm sorry. Last <laughs> night threw me off. I'm all messed up. But go on. Yeah. I'm sorry. We had our Sunday night game, and that was disappointing. We won't talk about that, but we'll move on here. The Saints at Washington. Washington has a lot of injuries. Of course, the biggest one that I'm still worried about is Antonio Gibson because he has a slew of injuries. Cam Sims, also DNP this week. J.D. McKissick did practice in full, so he does not have an injury tag going into into Sunday, which is good news. I have him. As a handcuff, kind of, for Antonio Gibson if he doesn't go. But with regards to the Saints, Marshawn Lattimore was on the injury report but did practice in full. And aside from that, they really don't have any major injuries. On the Saints side, I believe two offensive starting linemen might miss the game, which would be huge for them against that Washington defensive line, which we believe is good. We haven't really seen much from their defense thus far. Uh, like, like you said, Logan Thomas is out on Washington as well. And they, this game is just one of those games that I've been on, and there's just too many injuries right now to say which side that I'm on. It looks like it could be a slow game. Michael Thomas is set to return in week seven. I would probably trade him if I had him for season long leagues while people are still high on him. I just really don't like this offense that much. If you believe that, the Saints win, then definitely start up uh, in DFS, Kamara in the Saints defense. I don't really like anyone in this game as of now with all the injuries. I will say Ricky Seals-Jones is a good option at tight end. Heineke has been throwing to him a lot, especially with all these wide receivers that are injured. It'll be an interesting matchup to see if Lattimore could slow down Terry McLaurin, who might get fed targets relentlessly as most of the wide receivers are out. Diami Brown's out. Uh, Curtis Samuel re-injured himself, as usual. And uh, that's it. Curtis Samuel. Oh, no, I said boo, not who. Oh, I thought uh. I said who. I apologize. Him and Mixon, yeah. the same usual suspects. And we'll follow. We always fall for. And then they get hurt. 
Yeah. All right. Let's take it into the four o'clock slate here. We have the Browns at the Chargers, which sounds like a great game on paper, but we also talked about this earlier today about, you know, teams not living up to expectations. And there's a lot of things that we could, you know, fall back on and blame, but I don't think there's any kind of clear cut answer as to why certain teams did not live up to expectations. But I think one of those is the Browns and we can argue, of course, some of the injuries that they've had, but I like the chargers here in this spot playing at home. I would take the Chargers money line here. I feel like I'd even take the Chargers laying the points. The spread is only two. So what do you think? I think that this game, um, originally coming into the week, before I heard about the Odell and Baker news, I was on the char- uh, the excuse me, the Brown side because of the running game deficiencies for the Chargers. But then the more I broke the game down, I started to fall for the Chargers because – they just have had a really hard offensive schedule and they've slowed everyone down. They haven't given up more than 21 points to Cowboys, Raiders, Chiefs, uh, pretty much everyone else that they had. I know I'm missing one more opponent in there. Oh, Washington in the first week of the season. And those teams have been able to put up points and they get these high totals every week and the games go under. Their defense is just unstoppable right now. People could say, oh, you could run against this team, but if you only have to game plan around one thing, you could easily slow it down. And we'll just have to see if they can. It's a hard game to bet on because you're really betting against Baker Mayfield being injured right now. Him and OBJ had a lot of um, targets not go their way last week. There's no one really else on offense that the Browns really have that's that impressive since they lost Landry. On the Chargers side of things, they've sputtered a little bit on offense. Like last week in the second half versus the Raiders, they kind of slow things down but it's within their bag of tricks that they could put up points they have a bunch of studs so it should be an interesting game there's the total has dropped a lot it went down what like five or six points yeah it's sitting at 47 right now but I was just also going to say that the Browns it's not even just Baker's injury but they have a lot of injuries on defense right now and that's one of yeah. the things that really improved going into the season was mm-hmm. their defense and I think that that's going to be a big issue for them. Chargers, I think, are going to light them up. And it's right. interesting that you also point out that the Chargers defense is what's helping them kind of slow things down here. Because look at last year, the Chargers defense was it was, you know, a, a sheet of paper like you could <laughs> rip right through it. And yeah. I think that goes to show what a good coach and a good defensive minded coach like Brandon Staley could do for this team. Oh, yes, definitely. I mean, at the end of the day, Elliot had a lot of running lanes and Pollard, too, against the Chargers. And Edward Hilaire had his best game against the Chargers. But Baker's going to have to make a pass. And it doesn't look like he's connecting with anyone right now. I know Herbert can make that throw. Who's stopping anyone from the Browns' defense is going to stop Mike Williams or Keenan Allen, Jared Cook. They have a bunch of studs. Eckler is on fire right now. We said he was going to be a top-five running back, and people laughed. We said take him in the first round. He's a good pick. People laughed. How did that look on Monday night when he dropped 40 points? Yeah. Well, hey, let's not jinx it because we know how his injuries could end up coming back to bite us on that one. But uh, with regards to the Chargers' injuries – 
They have quite a few names on their list, but they all practiced in full. So I think that doesn't mean much. Keenan Allen, you're kind of your usual suspects on the injury report. Keenan Allen, we got Austin Eckler. We also have Justin Jackson, which is the only one that DNP uh, this week. So a couple guys here, but again, Justin Jackson's the only one that DNP everyone else was did practice in full at some point this week. So good news there. Yeah, I just have one more point about this game. We'll find out if the Chargers are for real because they look like one of the best teams in the NFL right now Mm -hmm. this week against the Browns and then next week versus the Ravens. So, you know, everyone wants to point out that they're allowing a lot of yards through the running game. We'll find out with two of the heaviest run teams coming into town if they are Super Bowl contenders or not. Mm, That's going to be a fun game next week. All right. Moving on to – I'm sure that you're going to like this game because of your love for Justin Fields, but (laughs) the bears at the Raiders, I do not like this game. Both sides of the ball have a lot of injuries, both uh, the bears and the Raiders. We, the bears are mostly on defense, most of their injuries and a lot of DNPs here. Yeah, I do like Justin Fields, but, I like him enough to know what his strengths and weaknesses are, and this is probably not one of his strengths going on the road. What makes me nervous about this game is last week when I liked the Bears, I liked them because of the running game with David Montgomery, and they were at home. Now they're on the road versus a team that looked bad in prime time. I would side with the Raiders here. They have a really good defensive line, and their style of defense that they play could give Justin Fields fits. If Bill Lazor was still calling the plays, I would be more inclined to think that he might make adjustments. But the Raiders play zone defense and field struggles to read defenses. He is better in situations where he could be athletic and be mobile and take advantage of man-to-man defense. So I think that Damian Williams and Cole Komet are very good starts. Mooney has had a great connection much at the expense of Allen Robinson. But the Raiders haven't been that torched by wide receivers as we saw the other night. I guess injuries depend on that. But their D-line is a huge advantage over the Bears' offensive line. Probably not a game I would bet because I don't really feel comfortable laying five points with the Raiders. Um, But, yeah, I think Waller has a great game and Renfro as well. I believe Josh Jacobs had a full practice so he could run on the Bears. Should be an interesting game, but I do believe the best start in the game is probably the Raiders' defense. It could be similar situation to what the Browns did against Justin Fields two weeks ago. Maybe not nine sacks, but they play very similar style of defenses. Yeah, and I also just wanted to give a little update here. I know we already went through the Bucks game, but um, Bruce Arians did say that Gronk is not going to play on Sunday, but JPP and Jamel Dean are expected to play. So not the hopefully best for Dolphins. <laughs> I know. I was going to say hopefully that'll help the Bucks, but I'm sure that that is not going to help the Dolphins. All right. Well, not much to say on, again, the Bears and the Raiders here, but we can move on to the 49ers at the Cardinals. And as we were just talking about that game, I did get a little update here that Edmonds is a game time decision for the Cardinals here. And I know that he's had a little bit of a more expansive role so far this year, which is kind of surprising. I mean, I know that it seemed like he was the starter here, but there were still some questions that were up in the air with regards to you know, them bringing in Drake. So, and they paid him a lot of money, but 
it'll be interesting to see what they do here. Of course, you can't really run on the 49ers anyway, but the 49ers have their own injuries to worry about, especially on defense. Yes, for sure. Um, if Chase Edmonds doesn't go, that makes James Conner a pretty interesting play. Um, Kyler Murray's been bowling. They've covered every single week. Huge win against the Rams. I don't believe that the 49ers are going to actually trot Jimmy G out there. I think what they're doing is trying to confuse the Cardinals coaching staff because they've had this playbook for Trey Lance that I've been talking about for months. They're going to run RPOs, fake handoffs, run it down the Cardinals' throat and play physical football. I think with Trey Lance, you know, he's going to make his mistakes. He misses high sometimes. He could throw you a, a crazy pick because he has just a lot of raw talent, but it was just what I saw in one half. He was putting up 20 fantasy points in, in one half. It was ridiculous. He almost outscored Jalen Hurts, who had a pretty solid fantasy day for me. I believe that I would definitely say that the 49ers cover this game, and I think that you could get risky and take them on the money line. It's pretty solid, plus 190. I think they're at five points right now. The Cardinals are one of the few teams in the NFL that keep covering. Everyone loves them, but they're not physically built to handle with the 49ers are going to pound the rock down their throat the whole game also makes good for DFS tournaments too. Trey Lance is very cheap Kittle, you know, a lot of stacks, Deandre Hopkins. You could play it in a lot of different ways. Ooh, Christian McCaffrey will be doubtful for Sunday's game. Mm, that's Just got that. So Chubba Hubbard. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, that's another week. <laughs> yeah, it's no, probably, it's probably it's probably better off though for the long term of your team. But that yes, it does suck because it looked like he was gonna go. But you don't want him to yeah. re-injure himself. You know, hamstrings. I know. Are, I know. Are tough. I know. But yeah. I, I was looking forward to playing McCaffrey, so that'll change up my strategy a little bit. I'll have to look further into that. All right, and I was also gonna mention that I do see James Connors also DMP this week. I'm not sure. Good. What the latest is on him, but both Connors. both Edmonds and Connor are DNP this week. So, and they also have another running back, Eno Benjamin, who I haven't heard of, who's limited in practice. Yeah. So maybe maybe fire him up this week. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know after Eno Benjamin who Jonathan Ward. Maybe I don't even know who their fourth string is. I'll have to look into that. But I haven't really dug into the four PMs as much as yeah. I wanted to. All but, right. Last point is Ayuk. I don't know what's going on with that guy. Uh, I don't so want to talk about it. <laughs> we won't talk about it. But Debo I Samuel might... is killing Would it. Would you drop and... him? Ugh. It's hard. Because give it a week with Trey Lance. You got to kind of see how that goes, you know? Yeah. I Based on what happens, I have to dump someone for my team here based mm -hmm. on what happens. Well, I'll probably be able to move Christian McCaffrey if he is doubtful back to my IR. But... I'm basically, I have an extra person on my team right now because my IR is still full. Um, but it's either going to be a, a drop for JD McKissick. If Antonio Gibson does go, if he does not go, then I'll hold on to him. But I was also questioning, I was like, who do I drop here? And the only other guy, I, I can't drop Gainwell. I just, he's been performing recently and They've been involving him a lot more, and I feel like I can't drop him. But can I drop a guy like Brandon Ayuk? I don't know. It's tough. This is the first week where injuries are going to definitely play a huge factor into things. There's so many different injuries. So just, I would say, wait and see until yeah. uh, Sunday goes. All right. Well, we'll move on to a little bit more exciting game here, at least on one side of the ball. The Giants at the Cowboys. 
nice divisional matchup at four o'clock. Yeah, this is one of the best games of the week. I know one o'clock was kind of boring, but um, yeah, this is going to be a lot of points. It's hard with the Giants. They have so many wide receivers, and I know Dak Prescott is probably going to reflect on that injury that he got in the same spot last year around this time. Mm-hmm. So I know that's a huge game for him. I think the Cowboys do win the game. I think seven and a half is probably too many points for a divisional rival. But that's bet down. It's now down to seven. Yeah. So you won't even get it at seven and a half. So now that it's at seven, it's still a lot of points, but I can't bet against Dak right now. I know the Giants mm-hmm. are probably the right side, but Elliot, um, I know is a little banged up. So Pollard might be more involved. We'll check in on that. I think this could be the CD Lamb breakout game. Schultz has been killing it recently. Cooper and Bradbury is a great matchup. So I would definitely think that Lamb has a good shot to have a breakout game. He hasn't really done that much yet. And as far as the Giants go, it's hard to say which wide receiver is going to go off because they have so many of them. I don't believe Slayton or Shepard is going to play. But I definitely think Saquon could have a great game in either a positive or negative game script. And I know we hated on him a lot on this show, but Daniel Jones has been balling lately. So we got to give credit where credit is due. Yeah, but I still don't think that he's going to be there next year. So I don't (laughs) think that'll come down to wins and losses. I don't think they're going to win this game. I just said that they might cover this game because seven Mm -hmm. is a lot of points. Seven is a lot of points for a divisional game. And we know Daniel Jones plays better on the road. And the Cowboys defense, while it is good, maybe our best bet is to take digs to intercept Daniel Jones because that guy gets yeah. a every week. I know. It's crazy. All right. Let's get to the Monday night or rather Sunday night game here. The Bills at the Chiefs, which should be points palooza here with both defenses, at least in my opinion, of the in previous years, the Bills' defense wasn't that great, but I don't think that they're great this year either. The Chiefs' defense has a ton of injuries still, and there's honestly there's a slew of injuries on the Bills' side of the ball here with both offense and defense. So there's a lot to monitor here. Colt Beasley was DNP. Manuel Sanders was DNP. So. I still think that the Bills are fine. I still think that it's going to be a tight game here. The spread's only two and a half here, favoring the Chiefs. Only two and a half. I mean, that's a really close spread for the Chiefs. And the Chiefs, again, most of their injuries are on their defense on their defensive side of the ball with some of their cornerbacks being injured. But some did practice in full, so that's good news. Yeah, definitely keep your eyes out on the def- def- two defensive ends for the Buffalo Bills. Um, that are missing practice for so and the other player. Matt Milano, at linebacker, I believe isn't going to play, and that's huge. Last year when he didn't play for the Buffalo Bills, they went from being one of the toughest teams to throw on with tight ends to one of the worst. And Kelsey has scored in his past two games when that guy was not in the lineup, two touchdowns and over 100 yards. So he could definitely have a huge game. Also, Tredavious White is a little banged up. He didn't finish the game last week. As far as the Buffalo Bills defense goes, I know it looks good on paper, but we have to take into retrospect of who they've played against. They played against Big Ben week one. He kind of torched them, which is kind of crazy. We're going to reflect on that and say happy end of the year. And while Buffalo's improved, they only played two for two snaps in that game. Taylor Heineke on his first road start. And then last week they played against Davis Mills. And, you know, Josh Allen is playing well this year, but he's made a few mistakes. Even last week against the Texans, it was only 13-0 at halftime. 
So I don't know. I feel like the Chiefs just have too much firepower. The public is on Buffalo. I would roll with the Chiefs here, but it feels like one of those games that will probably come down to the last possession. So it's a good line. But if everyone's backing Buffalo, I'll be on the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, and I also just wanted to mention, not this past week against the Eagles, but when they were playing against the Chargers, I feel like the Chargers were – and it's a little bit difficult here because, again, it's a divisional game and we were talking about how the Chargers had so many improvements on their defense. But I think that we were able to finally see that not having – a true number two behind Tyree kill is something that really that's kind of their weakness right now for the chiefs is that you, if you take away Tyree kill and, and Travis Kelsey, who do they have, you know, or if one of those yeah. guys gets injured and you just lock up the other guy, mm-hmm. who do they have? Michael Hardman, he Byron Pringle, any. like yeah. it's, it's, it's hard here. And not that I think that the bills are going to be able to, take away one or both of these guys but it's just it's a weakness that the Chiefs have on their offensive side of the ball is not having a true number two behind Kelsey and Hill we're so spoiled too because we think that the Chiefs are struggling meanwhile they're the first best offense in the NFL statistically and they played against hard defenses too they played against the Ravens they played against the Chargers the Browns these are you know, top 12 defenses in the NFL, and they're still finishing at its number one. And as you pointed out, which was very sharp, you, Josh Gordon is just signed. So it's another weapon under their belt. If he gets on the field and they say he looks good in practice, he could definitely be a, another added weapon, just makes the Chiefs even better. As far as the Bills offense goes, I know you said there's a lot of injuries. So we'll have to monitor those. Diggs is keeps uh, having solid weeks. Sanders had a great week last week as well. And Dawson Knox has scored in three consecutive games. I think it could be number four. The Chiefs linebackers are some of the worst in the NFL. It's not like they're going to completely shut down Buffalo. Um, So I think that would be someone that I look out for. I think that Singletary and Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, interesting uh, contrarian plays in DFS and for season long. Both of these teams aren't that great at stopping the run and they're not going to want to be deep. So It'll be a great game. I'm really looking forward to it. Maybe we'll finally get a primetime game where a superstar doesn't get hurt or anything like that, and it's not boring. There's actually points scored. But, um, yeah, both these teams have been looking forward to this game for a long time, so it should be interesting. That it will be. It's a little rematch here from the playoffs last year. Mm-hmm. All right. And I just wanted to ask you one more question before we move on to our last game here. You think that the Chiefs offense is better than the Bucks offense? Is the Chiefs offense better than the Bucks offense? It's hard. The the Chiefs offense is more top heavy where the Bucks are more spread out. And then it just I think that I would probably take that's really hard. I have to think about it. I I don't want to give the wrong answer. It's hard for me to say which side is better. I don't know. I feel from a safe perspective, I would say the Bucks because they can they can beat you so many different ways. I feel yeah. like they have so much depth behind every position that and and they're not, you know, they're not the Tyreek Hills, all these wide receivers, and they're not the Travis Kelseys, but they're mediocre to high end players, and there's multiple of them, if that makes sense. 
No, I, I mean, they have Antonio Brown, who's probably the second best wide receiver of all time, and Gronk is probably the best tight end of all time. They're older, but they have Godwin, Evans. It, it's just hard to compare the two. They just have mm-hmm. so much depth. I, I, as far as running game, I would say it's probably a split, but it's just hard because you have Mahomes who could do things that Brady can't do, and there's things that uh, you know Mahomes could do that he can't do. T- good question. Yeah. I, I'll have to think about that. All right. Well, let's get on to Monday night here, which is not an exciting game. We have the Colts at the Ravens for primetime. Yuck. <laughs> yeah, it is a high spread, and it's kind of like a rivalry because uh, Baltimore moved to Indianapolis. I'm sure you'll see stuff like that on your television. But I'm going to go with Baltimore as usual against the Colts. It was I was surprised how much that Denver was able to move the ball on them i know Hines was a little banged up i haven't really looked at this game at all trying to get through sunday games first but um the spread's pretty high the spread's at six and a half yeah no one's really going to take the colts i would imagine so we'll see what happens the the ravens defense it it was a little uh return to health last week lamar's just taking on the world right now hollywood had a breakout game versus denver last week i would expect much of the same uh ty hilton i think is coming back Next week, not this week, so something to monitor. Pittman's not really had a great connection with Wentz so far, but no one really here that I think is uh, that uh, that attractive for DFS. I imagine in the Sunday night, Monday night tournaments, it's mostly going to be Chiefs-Bills players and maybe put Lamar as your quarterback if you do something like that. That might be my strategy because there's really no one in this game that I really like that much. Yeah, I would agree, but all right. We are going to wrap it up here for week five. Previewed all the games, went through some players, went through some spreads and totals, and hopefully that'll help you all prepare for everything that you're going to be wagering this week, whether it's DFS or betting and helping you out with some of your season-long decisions too. 100%. Good luck to everyone. Should be a fun, exciting week. I'm looking forward to the primetime and 4 o'clock games, but – Let's uh, get two wins in a row for the Jets. I haven't said that in about 10 years. All right. Have a good one, everyone.